Positive shouldn't be passive. Welcome back to the interview from the Y Millbank Podcast Network here in Millbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg sitting um, in studio today with a couple guests that are I'm excited for this. Uh, this is a little deviation from the typical interview show. Um, Bobby Boland from the Grant County Economic Development Corporation. Hello. And uh, hi, welcome. Thank you. Thank um, you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, and she brought with her, I mean, a, fr- a friend of the show. <laughs> I don't um, know if you brought me or I brought you. <laughs> from the, currently from the Institute of Possibility, Hugh Weber. Welcome. It's great to be here. I mean, for anyone that follows the show, Hugh is actually the inaugural episode. <laughs> so if you need to figure out who he is, you can go back there. Today we have a, a specific reason for being here. Was it September-ish, 14? We did the first survey to get a barometer of where we were at as a community. So how, did, how did that conversation start, like to even think about having a survey? Well, prior to that, we had done some um, strategic planning, and I'm really struggling with this because the first survey was a little different than the one that we did most recently. It was singularly focused. We wanted to just get a barometer of where the community was at and what the feelings were around some of the things that we had done. Yeah, I'd, I'd been here to speak at the annual meeting earlier that year, mm-hmm. and it had started a, a series of conversations around what we might do to get a better sense of the landscape we were dealing with. Yep, you came, uh, and that that resulted, that was a result of ODA, of the, my many trips down to see Hugh at ODA. And knowing that he had gone to school here and his family had had resided here before they moved, um, we invited him back to speak. And he has said over and over that um, Milbank gave him many things, but we never invited him back. And that really sparked, I really believe that sparked all of this, that invitation to come back. Now, Hugh, when did you develop this Institute of Possibility brand? So the brand for the Institute of Possibility uh, would have been... 2009-ish, 2010, mm-hmm. I, I was coming out, and I think we talked about this in episode one, refer back. Uh, I, I was coming out of a career in politics uh, and had been running a consultancy for a number of years independent, but mostly focused on the problem solving of political campaigns. And so the Institute of Possibilities sought to work within communities and work within nonprofits, social impact groups uh, to help people better engage uh, and connect with each other. Mm-hmm. And so- IOP came out of that. Uh-huh. Every challenge starts with a powerful question. It's a good place to start. And I, that's fascinating. And so then you go down the page and you get some questions you've asked. Yeah. Um, and you get down to this Milbank, Milbank question. Case now, study. this specifically began a year ago, almost a year ago, correct? This question. What matters most? How, or how, how well do we know our community yep. and how people feel about it? Definitely. And I would say that was probably the driving question behind 2014 is it's one thing to sit around a table with the cheerleaders from the past several decades and and people that have deeply invested and and, uh, committed time and resources to a community through service on an economic development or city board uh, to ask a question of a broader community of how how does the broad broader community actually feel? And for Millbank and a lot of small towns, that community isn't just the people that live here. It's the people that used to live here. It's mm-hmm. the people that visit here as a smaller trade center. Um, and so that's what the, the 2014 study really sought out to, to answer. Well, that's interesting because the, the 
like specifically that that idea that you know what people think about Millbank isn't necessarily only the people that live here. It does the people that have a connection. I that, that this this specific show, the interview, really goes out there to find people that have a connection to Millbank, and I don't care what it is. The couple one episode ago, I think, um, I interviewed a guy, a bass player from Nashville, Corey Justin Horn, who has been to Millbank like five times over the last eight years, just as, with a, his band. Millbank means nothing to him. He resides in Nashville as a producer and a musician. He has a connection to Millbank. So I wanted that. And so th- you guys are really digging deep into what that looks like. Well, and we're jump- jumping way ahead, but one of the, uh, we held a series of listening sessions just on the mm-hmm. block here uh, through the fall of last year. And one of the most um, uh, salient memories of that time was actually a guy named Scott Horn walking in. He had married uh, a Millbank graduate. They come up a couple times a year. Uh, for a week each time, and he walked in and advocated. You know, when he heard what we were doing, I think he was wandering Main Street, <laughs> uh, but walked in and advocated for Millbank and pointed out its uniqueness in a way that I don't think a lot of residents could ever do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it w- it was just one of those moments where it was like, I wish I'd been recording it. I certainly was scribbling notes as he talked, but he had a very tangible sense, even in a you know couple weeks a year over the last ten years that he's been visiting from Texas. Um, he had a very tangible sense of this community and the extraordinary things it has to offer. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think you're exactly right. Everyone comes with a slightly different perspective. But when we're looking at economic development, workforce development, community development, which is what a lot of this grew out of, those conversations that happen outside of the community as it relates to recruiting new talent or re- uh, recruiting businesses or expanding even the businesses we have are going to be are going to happen outside the kind of boundaries of the, of the town. And so those conversations and op- impressions and opinions are just as important to the overall success of the community. Right. So the first phase started in October, in, in 2014. What was the question there? Like, what was the initial purpose of that? I think we started out with the baseline question of, wasn't it, would you recommend, you know, the question is, what would you recommend Millbank to a friend of yours that was moving here or looking to, um, maybe find a job here. Yeah, super super geeky, but there's this pretty simple. It's called the 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 single question. If you're if you're looking whether you're selling iPhones or or small midwestern mm-hmm. towns, it's called a net promoter score. Uh, it was the core of that first survey, which is to say on a scale from one to ten, with one being not at all and ten being extremely likely. How likely are you to promote this community? A lot of times you'll evaluate a community or a product or a company based on satisfaction, and that's one measure. Uh, but whether it's a church or a small town, if someone is unwilling to kind of spread the word of mouth or, or uh, actively promote, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not going to ultimately benefit. So slowly over time, those people, even if they're extremely satisfied, are, are you know going to fade away and you're going to be you know stuck without kind of a, a thriving community. And so the net promoter score is a good one. And we found, you know, some interesting things. They weren't, they weren't as good as, you know. That, that first survey was a big ouch. So were there not many net promoters? Well, I, th- I think that it was the, the broad, uh, and I, I don't have those numbers with me, but the broad kind of net promoter rankings, uh, especially for former <laughs> residents and visitors, were, were negative numbers. Really? Net, net promoter can be a negative 100, meaning all mm-hmm. detractors, up to a positive 100, which would be all promoters. And it was somewhere in that kind of mid-range, but below zero. The uh, the residents were just over zero, and and uh, and so. Those... I have, I've always so, said so. Meaning people were saying 
don't come to Millbank? No, not necessarily. But don't they were gen- come. they were generally saying they were saying I'm unlikely to recommend. Oh, right. Great. So, Craig, uh, I'm looking at Millbank as a community. No, don't bother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think the response is more. I don't know. <laughs> you know. And uh, and and people, you know, I think it was really challenging. I'll never forget it because I I grew up in this community and. Jim Guesswine was already an established uh, leader in this icon. community. Just, icon. When, I, icon. when I was Let's a kid. Let's just use that word. He's an I, icon. I, I, li- I live in a state of respect for, for Jim, and and uh, and sharing that that first time, uh, just the look on his face, I thought, I'm never going to get to come back to this community. Well, he, I mean, it, because Milbank it, is his lifeblood. Well, and, and well, I think for those people around the table, mm-hmm. there's such a passion for this yes. community, and, and, and we, through our social networks, reinforce kind of uh, a lot of our worldviews. And, and it was just so jarring that, that there could be not just a discouraging, but really a, a disconnect there. You know, that there could be a real negative perspective of the community, its potential health and future. And so it I came mean, down th- to the, the Millbank sign. Um, you'll like Millbank. And really, it came out through the survey several times that. It's either you'll like Bill Banker, we'll ask you to leave. Mm. Yeah, that was one of Gosh, the ver- one you're going to like it. <laughs> one of the verbatims that I stuck at the bottom just to finally emphasize the point and kind of hand out that first survey was was exactly that a quote from a respondent that said, "You like Bill Banker, you'll be asked to go." <laughs> Ouch. Okay, so how did then we get from there to October 17 with this next phase, well, which was much more detailed, correct? much much more detailed and different questions, but. That really came about in terms of, uh, you know, when you sit around a table with a, a group of people and you have limited resources, how do we measure if we are being successful in our efforts? Mm-hmm. So we were really trying to figure out and get to a barometer that says, if we do this, if we do this marketing thing or we do this, how do we know if we have had an impact? How do yeah. you know? Well, I think I would. It's a, it's the question. I would even take a couple <laughs> steps backward and uh, before that and say that um, in those in between years, uh, we, the the um, development corp and the city and others invested in uh, a film about the community. We did a great deal of social media based work around the I believe Millbank framework, and we were at a point where we needed to know if those type of efforts bore any results right yeah you know, it was really easy to point to mm-hmm. the literal tens of thousands of people and tens of thousands of of minutes and hours that people had viewed those videos but to actually decide whether it had, had resulted effect, in yeah, a thriving community mm-hmm. you know the the thing that, that has become a key talking point for bobby and i and there's a story in the argus leader today about it is that small towns are measured primarily by two factors population and a very directly connected sales tax and for the vast majority of small towns, that's th- number two. Those are the two that's general it. measures that you say sales tax are going up, population's going up, or the inverse. And the reality is, for small towns, those are almost certain to be negative, um, negative results. Now, you're not talking sales tax percentage, you're talking the actual amount brought in based on I revenue generated in I the community. I believe it's dollar amount, yeah. Okay. So, if those are the only two measures that you ever use to decide if you're being successful, it's a pretty um, unfortunate picture. Yeah, so we, we could have invested millions and millions. Well, we couldn't because we don't have that kind of budget. We could have invested thousands <laughs> and thousands of dollars. I win the lottery. <laughs> and at the end of this this decade, right, 2020, we see the census and we've lost we've lost 5% of the population, yep. right? Whatever that number is, it would, it would tell us, if that was our singular measure, that everything was a failure. None of it had a benefit. Okay. But we, but we know in a very tangible, tactile way that each of these actions has a benefit. 
and that perhaps we simply need to redefine what thriving as a community means to us. Doesn't mean having, you know, another measure I like to point to is parks and rec throughout the country are measure based on acres per capita. So we could theoretically have the highest acres per capita totally. and no one would use those parks, right? <laughs> like, it I mean, would be if, a great soundbite. Yeah. It would be a great soundbite, but it wouldn't actually reflect a thriving community. But if we were a community that invested in the, the parks that we have and tried to increase use of those parks and tried to make them more attractive and, and more accessible and, and more engaged, that's, a, that's probably a, a community that is leaning towards thriving rather than a decline. Um, so that was that was the the yeah. real spark for this was sitting around a table and saying, how do we know if this is working and is it working in a way that we all agree reflects success? And then we and then we wanted to make sure that we had input from the community so that the index that we built wasn't based on my perception of what a successful community or Hughes that it was based on the input that we got from the survey and from the listening point uh, from the listening post. So everything that you see in the survey is based on a numeric value of input that we got from people that invested their time and energy to either respond to the survey or come into the listening post. So that what you see in the survey is what the community of, of Grant County has decided are things they value and they would like to see held up and used as a measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, that, I think that may be, I, I'm extremely proud of the work that Milbank's done on this, but I think the most uh, <laughs> the most innovative piece may be that this is entirely grown out of the community of Milbank. This is not, and, and in fact, we did a video to kind of kick off the effort. The things I thought in mm-hmm. that video that I was saying in that video would end up in the index are not in the index, oh, really? right? <laughs> because the reality is the index I would have created would have looked uh, somewhat functionally different. But this is the index that came out of the conversations here in Millbank. And, and one, one of the things that Bobby and I are extremely proud of is that at the end of the day, we did a final review. We had over 250 recommended indicators that we can talk about in a, a little bit that came into a draft list of about 155. We did one final review where uh, community leadership voted on, is this critically important? Is this very important? Is this not at all important? everything finished over the very important level. There was nothing that we included at the end of the day, even though I tried really hard. Bobby's less of a softy than me. I was like, what about this one? And she'd be like, no, that's a 49.9 out of 50. <laughs> it doesn't get to go in. Yeah. And so these final 65 measures really are not only uh, community grown, but they're also validated at a level of, of a pretty high standard, which is super exciting. So you can't look at this and say, this is a... Um, something that the development corporation put together with no input, or this is something that the city has put together with no input or the chamber. This is truly homegrown. So uh, walk me through that process. How did these categories actually get put on the paper? Did people say, come up and say, hey, this is an issue I think should be addressed? This yeah. is something Millbank's doing well. This is something they're failing at. Was it that simple? The, yeah, so, so. Well, the pillars, I think you need to start with the pillars because the pillars are the areas where we thought we we started with a, li- a list of pillars and those pillars are those uh, 10 areas and those morphed actually, those even changed. So we started yeah. with those pillars and then... So, no, okay, if we, I, I'm holding it here. Yeah, please. My non-formally nicotine statement. No, sorry, bad joke. Community economic development, that's, that's a pillar? Yes. Yep. Leadership and workforce development. Yes. Right. So that was that was a new one that wasn't in our initial list of ten. That kind of came out of the the, the information we got both in the survey and the listening. Post. What would that encompass? 
uh, le- well, leadership, we can actually look into go back, these, turn the page. these statuses. So leadership and workforce development includes things like increasing workforce training with Lake Area Technical, uh, encouraging entrepreneurship through programs here in the community, engaging alumni through a 10-year recruitment event, uh, and is, an is under-30 leadership program. Is this engagement like starting from the city admin level, like down to the community, or um, who who will generate this engagement? Well, I think uh, to me that's the exciting part, and, and I'll, I'll let Bobby answer this as well, but uh, the the entire benefit are, there, there are actually two benefits. There's the sur- surface level benefit of, is this working? Are we able to measure it? There's the secondary benefit that is the benefit that I think is actually advantageous for building a community, which is there are now 65 plus opportunities for someone to engage in improving their community. So the hope is that each of these individual indicators, and you're flipping through and kind of seeing the subpages, that they each have a specific point person. Mm-hmm. There's someone who commits to being the chair or point person for the community. And the only thing they might care about in this community as, as relative to it thriving is a baseball uh, tournament. Right. That would be the indicator they would plug in. Maybe the, the only thing they care about is that Lake Farley is more of a destination and has what it needs to be a successful year-round uh, space for the community. That's the only thing they focus on. But this, it's very much built to be supported through the organizations and institutions, employers, city, chamber, economic development, but driven through you know average community engagement. Right. So schools, student life is another, and that was that was something that bubbled up, you know, in terms of um, Grant County Development Corporation and things we focus on from workforce, housing, and business. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something that totally bubbled up that we were. I would not say surprised about, but you know, it was illuminating and it's something that really rose to the top. And so that, and it wasn't, it wasn't about school, the school environment, but more about the um, um, kids and the, and how they're are being affected through the community. So mm-hmm. that was something that really rose and we've put a spotlight on now that we really hadn't thought about before. Community connection engagement. So that's going to be things like volunteering, okay. uh, days of giving, uh, uh, which there's a new statewide program on uh, single day where the entire state of South Dakota is going to focus its uh, philanthropic giving. And Millbank, uh, one of the things that was committed there was to establish support for that here locally for nonprofits. Um, uh, inventories of financial and volunteer needs and just some you know uh, simplification there if someone wants to volunteer in an active way. Uh, community block parties. And then a, uh, an idea that I think is uh, Millbank is ripe for, and we hear this both in terms of adults and students, which is a, a community third place, mm-hmm. and not necessarily a bar, a place of employment, or a church, but a place where community gatherings and student gatherings can happen in, in an ongoing way, a coffee house, right? A podcast room in a local photography studio. Um, totally. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you asked who owned this. I really, I really have to believe that the community owns mm-hmm. this. The community has created it. Um, this will be on a, there'll be be a link that's an active website that you'll be able to go out and, and look at this. Um, we are rolling, this is it, the final, this is the final reiteration of it. So we're rolling it out to the shareholders. So the city council will see it tonight at their meeting. The development corporation will see it uh, tomorrow morning at their board meeting. Um, the chamber got a chance to look at it this morning. Um, the commissioners will get a chance to look at it. And then our hope is to roll it out to in individuals and groups over the, the course of the next six weeks so that um, anybody and everybody will have a chance to look at this and figure out where they can plug into it at and make a difference. Because at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about is 
that one person, we know this, one person can truly make a difference in a community. If you um, find something that inspires you here and you have a group of like-minded people that can gather and focus on this. And then once, once we're able to check that off the list, we do have a list of things that didn't make those top um, over 50 that we can bring up and mm-hmm. add onto the list. Yeah, one of the things, and I'm looking for the exact language here, uh, indicator three under community and economic development hosts an annual event to discuss and co-design the future of the community. So the other exciting thing about this, you know, a lot of this work uh, kind of happened in the midst uh, with a, an event Oda did here in Millbank, uh, bringing Jason Roberts into the community. We ended up uh, ice skating rink kind of bubble up He's out of that. Build a better block guy. Correct? Yep, yep. Build a better block. Better block. Uh, Winsy on Main kind of uh, uh, percolated mm-hmm. through through that, but is to recognize that because we did it last fall around the what matters most question and around the index doesn't mean we can't do something similar every year to spark it. So it may be that a year from now, the community sits down in a, in an organized way and, and says, all right, we we've accomplished 30 of these 65 things, which means we're on a pathway, right? What's next? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what matters now, right? What matters most now? And that may change over time because we, we can't forecast. We hope that it does. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we can't forecast five years down the road. But what we can do is get together collectively and co-design that future on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. And what it might be is that, wow, we got to 15% that gave 10 hours to volunteerism in the last year. What if we got to 30%? Right. You know, or, or 20. Or, or yeah, yeah, right. Just, to expand yeah, just some of these elements may just be about growing the goals because we've accomplished things. You know, we, we shared it. Uh, Bobby was mentioning we shared it with the chamber this morning. And. One of the immediate responses was, we're capable of doing all this. There, like This is an overwhelming list mm-hmm. that reflects, you know, in any other context. Not that the chamber was capable. No, no, that's right. Like the, the community, community. Yeah. The, the people. That's yeah. right. That's hey, right. I heard it. <laughs> that's right. If the chamber would like to take these 65 on, that's we're it. happy for them to no, do so. As we work through this process, for me, that was the, the thing that continues to overwhelm me is that one person can't do all of these things or one organization can't own all of this. Well, and, and that's, that's kind right. of my question too, is is the the goal with this to create this forward thinking, um, I guess, roadmap, who will manage that? Well, I think, I think it's a shared management, but I think it's also, it's, it's a balance of, you know, so again, you're looking kind of at these um, uh, spreadsheets, which have a lot of TBDs to mm-hmm. be determined. Yep. I see probably a situation where a chair or, or you know, a couple of points of contact as individuals fill that chair role. And then we see organizations taking it, whether that's a Qantas club or a VPD studio or ministerial, you know, some, ministerial association, in, in some cases the chamber or the city mm-hmm. or whoever, but that they're taken on with a certain host capacity. So it may be that, and I'm looking for a good example. Uh, under visitors and tourism, indicator nine is set the standard for first impressions. So this is kind of the curb appeal of, of the community. As a studio that is focused on aesthetics and understands beauty and, and has a vision for what the community could be, it could be that someone locally takes that up as an individual, but then you host the meetings here in the studio, right? right? That you, you sponsor to be the champion of the effort, and it becomes something that you're able to point to you know, as your community good initiative. And there, there are plenty of things on here. So I think it's Unless it's that kind of a distributed approach, I think we're, I think it'll struggle. Um, you know, the idea is to have it all active online. You know, we've got to figure out the kind of uh, give and take of those measures and, and who updates those and how we engage that. And we'll approve people to have those uh, abilities. But the, the 
the website itself, the more or less Google Doc, uh, is going to be open to whoever would choose to go look at it and, and see today, oh, there's not a chairperson for this indicator or, or this one hasn't met for a couple of weeks uh, and, and hold each other accountable. Because at the end of the day, what it should do, uh, Craig, is it should say, we're going to spend X number of taxpayer dollars on something or we're going to we're going to spend x number of economic development dollars mm-hmm. or we're going to spend x number of chamber membership dollars or school district dollars is it you know we've agreed on on some significant level that as a community these things are things that point towards thriving should we be investing there or should we be investing here mm-hmm. you know should we be investing in extending the capacity of the infrastructure of the community or should we be focusing on main street you know, should we be investing in, in new programming or should we be building a new elementary school? You know, I think it should be a lens by which the community can view itself. And that doesn't mean there's, there's, there's nothing legally binding in this. Right. Except for the social contract that we enjoy as a, as a community and saying that we have come together. And that need not mean that everyone agreed to every one of these pieces or even a majority of them, but that everyone had a, an opportunity to mm-hmm. engage. And, and this is what bubbled up over a course of se- several iterations. Which is exciting. Did, I don't. I don't know of another example of it. That that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if you look at under. So then it's success no matter what. <laughs> well, <laughs> to kind an of. Extent. Yeah. <laughs> we would hope so. But if you look at city housing and infrastructure, the first one is to designate Main Street as a destination for the region. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. Um, I think you would. You could certainly see your buy-in there. But I think it will really. It sends a city a message to the city that. We want Main Street to be something special so that when you're driving past on Highway 12 and it's you, attractive, and it's attractive yeah. and you look down, you see more than wide sidewalks and mm-hmm. pretty street lamps. You see parks and you see, you see I, my goal is you see more sculptures and you see bump outs where people can sit. Mm-hmm. So you want something to draw you in because I firmly believe that what will uplift us is our uniqueness, that ability mm-hmm. to, to call people in. It makes it when I, when I was sharing this concept uh, to close the circle, and I, I don't think I've even shared this with Bobby, but I was with Jason Roberts a couple months back uh, with the Better Block, and he said that there's actually a ratio that city engineers use for how fast they can get cars th- safely through a community, meaning that they are designing a city to get people through it, not to stay in it. And so I think that thing, things like this, he was super excited by the idea of these kind of community defined and designed indexes mm-hmm. because it says instead of figuring out how fast we can get people east to west through the community Let's slow them down <laughs> maybe we can maybe we should try to figure out how much time we can get them to spend on main street this is what route 66 failed to do <laughs> can you imagine if we put a roundabout up? <laughs> i personally like roundabouts but well, i do too me. i do too but because you don't stop i can just yeah. imagine what would happen oh man city yeah. council if we suggested that that is not in the index. That's well, not in the no index. I just want to be clear. I've heard in, in going back in history a bit, there was one on Main Street. Really? Yeah, just because there was a statue in the middle of the road in a big corner, a big four-way intersection. Really? Had to go around it at some point. I've been seeing a lot of, you know, you know you grew up in Millbank mm-hmm. pictures, but I haven't seen anything with a statue in it. Well, because that, I, I've seen some from way back, and yeah. there is a, it, it resembles the, the bronze statue at the yeah. courthouse yeah. down there in the middle of the road. Uh, or nor- up, up north by yep. where the Go tracks are. Yeah. Um, and that was really a fun conversation that I had when I had Neil Boggess, Jerry Brown, and Jim Warian talking about Train Fest and what that was, sorry, Train Festival and what that used to be. Um, 
I had no idea. It was it it made Millbank the place to go mm-hmm. in us, this region. Put us on the map. Yeah, they literally sure had did. bank robbers that robbed. Oh, the it's train. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys listened to it at all, but at the end, I we kind of it was down, and Neil's like, "Let's talk about something fun." So I said, "Okay, what is the the thing that stands out to you guys as as the pinnacle?" And almost instantly, Terry Redlin, they said. Yeah, and so then they talking about that how for, they for the region they held his birthday no, for, party for train trains, and uh, so oh, Terry yeah. Red, their their people yeah. essentially booked the train with forty or fifty of their friends. I did not and know did a a ride. Huh. Well, unbeknownst to them, they robbed the train, right? And they thought it was the best thing in the world. <laughs> he said at the end of it, they were collecting tablecloths and napkins and stuff because the people were wearing them. Oh my gosh! They had alcohol on the train. <laughs> But that that stands out still yeah. as a highlight, a big high point in that. Hmm. And the you know, logistics and all kinds of other stuff happened to make that not not work anymore. Um, but that was something in the very recent yeah. past that was a thing. Yeah, made Milbank something. And I, if I remember correctly, that was the brainchild of Mrs. Halverson. Yep. And so again, one person had mm-hmm. this idea, and she went to Neil and said, "Hey, let's do this." She went to Neil mm-hmm. and said, "Let's do this." So again, I think. People just need to be yeah. reminded that everything's possible. It's interesting. You know, we, we, we talked about it a little bit this morning. It's interesting what didn't show up in the survey. And, and so 750, nearly 800 respondents. Uh, we didn't hear, we didn't hear train fest. You know, there was a lot of, lot of conversation around the, you know, looking at um, redesigning and, and really focusing on main street as a, as a gathering place mm-hmm. and a connective place. Uh, I don't like we didn't we didn't get any of that. Well, there's plenty of nostalgia for a 1950s. Right. We want Main Street thriving. There wasn't that. That wasn't something that popped up. Which so I think 20 is, years of that event. Yeah. Weird. Was it 20 right? years? Almost. Or 22, 21, yeah. 22. Yeah. Mm. You know, so even in asking people around visitors and tourism, things that should elicit some version mm-hmm. of that, uh, it didn't appear. And, and I think that. What that frees us to do is, yeah. is to think expansively. Totally. One, one thing that did appear that that uh, I think will resonate with you is the amount of need to really activate the pathway from here to the lake, right? The the idea mm-hmm. of residents and and visitors to the to Big Stone as a, a potential part of this community, but unlike Big Stone or Ortonville, we've never defined them at, in that way, and we've never created a pathway of engagement. Um, that that you know intentionally brings them into the community, and so for er- everything from fishing licenses to community events that we actually hold right at the lake, uh, there's there seems to be real desire to see that possibility explored. And it's like, what does that mean, and what does that look like? You know, there's a desire to explore expanding and extending the bike paths. You know, does that mm-hmm. push it towards that direction and create a conduit there? Um, you know, it's it's just it's interesting when when you actually get down to it and ask people what matters to them, even more so what matters most, uh, the places they go, and then alternately the places they don't go. Well, and that's intriguing to me too, because we on this network we do a show called the Campus Report, and that is where we sit down with college kids that are currently enrolled in college from mainly Millbank, but we also have expanded it out to similar size communities. Because, you know, I want to know what would make them ever try to come back to a community like this sure. after they're done with school. Uh, and I try to end the conversation with most of them asking you, Millbank specifically, what could it do? What could it have that would make it more appealing? And a couple of them recently I've asked very directly, do parks 
do community event places, do they matter? And it's intriguing the response because some people like them, but they don't use them. They think they're cool, but they don't use them. And they go, well, there's nothing to do. But then when I'm home, I don't use them either. So it's, it, it, is it a need to have thing that doesn't matter? Is it a need to have thing that matters even if people don't use it? I don't know. And so, you know, talking to college kids, which I mean, they're in the fog of university and out, out of Millbank now. But uh, I do, I, I want to figure out what, at this point, what could make them come back? Yeah. You know, if someone wants international business relations, they're not coming to Millbank. That's just the nature of the beast. Maybe. Well, <laughs> theoretically, they're not. <laughs> We're close to Canada, but not that close. <laughs> you know, I think it, I think the answer to that, there's many answers, but I think it has something to do with connections, and they need to believe that there are other young people in the community that are also coming back that they will mm-hmm. be connected to. And that, that was really the basis that um, the intern event grew out of, as I had talked to a young man who was my son's age who had interned at the power plant. And uh, I asked him, I said, and he's in Sioux Falls. And I said, well, why, why didn't you stay? And he said, there were, Bobby, there were no other young people in the community. So he, so he did not, for whatever reason, get connected with other young people in the community. So we started thinking about that. And so that, so hence the intern event grew where we start connecting them early, connecting them to the people in the community, the businesses in the community, to other young people and then this year we also added into that some volunteer things that if they're in sports, they could play baseball or tennis, but so you have to connect them. So I think it's really important for them to view that Millbank be viewed as progressive, as mm-hmm. you said, with parks and all of those things, whether or not they use them, but they also have to believe that other young people are making that investment here. So yeah. I, th- I think that the index answers some of that is yeah. that we're really vested in making sure that it's a unique community and we're making that investment and making those connections. You know, the, the, other, the other piece of that that I would add on to is there, there was a great deal of attention paid to the, you know, there are some ways in which alumni are engaged, but very few and, right. and, and, and relatively sparse outside of reunions. And so to think intentionally, like one of the things that was just, we knew it the second it was said out loud, was the idea of really engaging 10-year reunion classes. Because you're now 20-something, right? You're 20, late 20s, early 30s, probably not early 30s unless you... We're 21 in, in high school, <laughs> but late 20s. And, and you're at that point where you're onto a second job, maybe a third job, a, probably your, your longer term job. You've got potentially family and you're looking at whether or not a community can support you. So to have that be a, ne- a natural point where we engage and say, hey, we're not going to bother you those mm-hmm. first 10 years. We're here. If you want to come right back, if right. you don't go to college, if you go to Lake Carrie and, and return, we're here. But in ten years, we're, we're going to remind you. And part of that, and it's it's the it's the indicator right below that ten year tailgate is the idea of establishing an under thirty leadership program. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's something that even in um, even in a larger community, you're looking at programs that'll that'll train you to be leaders between your you know your thirty to forty years old. But the idea that we would invest deeply in young leaders, it was one of the it was one of the things I saw the very first time I came back with the annual meeting is that a lot of the faces were the same faces that had been there 20 years earlier. And so if we as a community and that's not that's not a discredit, they're the ones doing the work. But at some point, invitations to extend that group and expand that group is important. If if Millbank as a community can brand itself as a place that invests in the leadership abilities of people under the age of 30 
that alone will draw families. Like that alone will draw young professionals. And certainly there needs to be jobs and there needs to be housing. All of those things are in here. Um, but, but it's, 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 those are table stakes. Right. If, if you don't have a house for me and a job for me, like you're not going to get right. into yeah. it. And if you do, I'm going to start looking at those second ripple of, of incentives or benefits. And if I know you'll invest in me, if I know that students are, are engaged from a young age, if I know that, you know, we're going to, you know, one of these things is actively have an annual listening session focused entirely on students, not a bolt on to the general meeting, mm-hmm. not three minutes for an FFA kid to read their speech, but that genuinely we're going to sit down and talk about the community in terms of students. Those things are going to be an incredible incentive to me as a, um, with a young family and yeah. as a young, young professional. How does this, I mean, this is a huge, wide swath that you're really grabbing. How does something this vast work? I mean, how do you make it work without having a central, like, coordinator that really is a, that's a full-time gig to, to manage it all? Well, I would have to say the Development Corporation will have us a, probably a pretty strong hand in, in terms of, you know, this will be an active link out there. Um, we'll spread it far and wide to the different different organizations looking for um, t- to find those 10 or 15 individuals that will step up and take on some early things. And then, you know, maybe it's more of just a report out um, of where they're at um, or, you know, if they've completed whatever it was on the on the list, some kind of a report out. Certainly, I get, I understand what you're getting to that there has to be some kind of structure in place. Well, or, or does there? I guess is the question. I don't think. I was just gonna say I don't think it has to be a real structural structure. I think you know someone mm-hmm. has to know where it's at, maintain it, know who the individuals are that are participating. That goes back to having that. You know, I look at it as a celebratory event every year. Maybe it's a celebratory event to say hey, we, we knocked off 10 of these or we knocked off, you know, yeah. 16 of them or however many and then move up that next layer and see who wants to, to, to pop in and participate. So um, I think that will evolve. Yeah. My, my dream scenario for Millbank is that Bobby is working, 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 working so hard. <laughs> Excellent. And that one day she gets a phone, one day she gets a phone call and they say, I want your job. No, <laughs> let's hope not. Um, gets a phone call and they say, you know, a couple of weeks ago we were looking at the, the Millbank Index mm-hmm. and you know that indicator under visitors and tourism that says, I don't know, uh, number five, identify and encourage a unique Millbank experience with a special focus. Uh, that's actually a bad example. The one above <laughs> it, identify a specialty event that would make Millbank a destination. Well, you know what? I have I this ha- idea. I, I'm, I'm related to Derek uh, Fernholtz that runs Fernson and we're thinking we could do a craft beer event here and mm-hmm. that would draw people from Fargo and Sioux Falls. Are you, is it okay? You're like, this is what we'd like to do. Yeah. Do you know anyone that might help us? Right. That these things happen without anyone actually pointing to them because I know that somewhere in this community, it was all anonymous, so it's not like I can just call them up, but I know that somewhere in the, this community, there's at least 65 people that have said these things, that this was the thing that so mattered most. This was their most, idea. Right? This, this was right. their idea. Each mm-hmm. of these That's is somebody's yeah. idea, and so my hope is that they take the time to find the idea that bubbled to the top and say, oh, there are other people in this community that think this thing should happen, that we should uh, increase the usage of parks in our community. I'm going to, I'm going to be the one that takes point on this and I'm going to make sure I'm going to try to see if there's an organization that'll host it, but I'm willing to make this the thing I do. 
you know, we, we were, um, we were just leaving the, the visitor center Good and, example, and, yeah. and, and, and so, someone came in and they, they're deeply involved in the, the sculpture, sculpture in general, but the sculptures of the community in the area. And I don't think that person, first impression, but I don't think that person maybe would have jumped on increasing uh, engagement among alumni. They probably wouldn't have, you know, jumped in to create a single visual identity for the community. But it, However, sounds, it sounds like the increasing signage, visibility, and awareness of the sculptures, they may, they may spend a lot of time <laughs> on ensuring that that's the case. And that's what the, the opportunity is that this represents. It's mm-hmm. not that everyone suddenly joins the Economic no, Development Board. No, It's that 65 right. individuals and their friends and family focus on one thing. Because at the end of the day, if a year from now, 10 of these things move forward, I'm, I'm going to boldly declare it an mm-hmm. overwhelming success. Right. Because it's 10 things that have been co-designed by the, the, the people that live here, the people that care about this place. And, uh, and those movements are going to be much more important to me than the census in 2020. What was the overall demeanor of the response to the, this last survey? Almost 800 people. So, like, uh, like in regards to yeah. Millway. Well, no, let's, let's go there. No, I think, I think that's an okay place <laughs> to go. Bobby cringes. So, so this is an interesting thing that happened, and it's, it's why uh, having research is an interesting, uh, is a good thing. Um, the work that we did between the uh, 14 survey and the 17-18 survey was focused primarily on external audiences. And we actually saw net promoter scores increase among visitors and past residents, and we saw them decrease fairly dramatically among current residents. Too, too many new people coming around? No, no, no. I, I think our message was intentionally focused on people that don't live here. No, what I mean, do, yeah. you, do you think that the, the, the greater negativity from the residents is tied to more new people that are outside of the box I don't coming think so. in? I would say absolutely not. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I'll be completely direct, and this is an opinion of one, so it's a sample of one. I think that by telling a story about the ideal version or a uh, an extremely positive version of Millbank, people here felt like we were overlooking some of the hard truths of Millbank. Okay. And so I, I think it was more of a response to, we want you to see Millbank as it is so we can improve it, because mm-hmm. I do believe the so we can improve it piece was there. But- in only telling a chamber of commerce kind of positive, and those images were beautiful, right? In only telling the sun is always shining, Moink stories, you miss the day when it rains like right. today, right? And <laughs> so I think I think the response we saw was actually still very hopeful, but it was very intentional. We saw some some uh, uh, growth of responses in areas that we hadn't seen in the past. Uh, uh, drug crimes was one that that we saw a lot. Uh, we hadn't seen it all in fourteen. And we saw in this one fairly, fairly, fairly transparently. So, do you think that is just because people were willing to say it? Has it actually changed? Do you know that the hard data has it statistically gone up in Millbank in the last three years? I don't know the hard data, but I was going to go back and say that um, early on when we talked about the survey, the mayor said, you know, when you ask hard questions, you're going to get. Mm-hmm. If you ask hard questions, you're going to get hard responses, and we did. And then yeah. that was a fair thing, and that was the reason that that we did it. But in terms of um, the whole feeling around drug use and drugs in the community, um, is there an uptick from 2014? We don't know that. I don't believe we could know that unless we went back and look at drug arrests. But certainly the whole feeling and sense from the youth was different because I don't think we had the participation of youth in 2014 that we did this time around. What was that sense from them? Um, Did you use the word, was it not apathetic, but almost, um, you had a word that was perfect for it in terms (laughs) that it was... (laughs) 
um, like there was no hope. Um, yeah, it, it was it was it was pretty dire. It was, tough. It was pretty bleak. Um, I'll say, and I, I want to come back to the bleakness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll dwell there for a little yeah. while. But the immediate response, uh, you know, Mayor Pat, uh, in in some of that early feedback, just said we need to communicate it better. If if there's a the yes. perception that this is a problem, we need to get better at communicating. So one of the indicators, <coughs> excuse me, one of the indicators is an annual report on safety and crime and drugs, mm. and and that's a great step just in open communications. Well, I have noticed just being a somewhat watching the social medias around Milbank. The I, I appreciate that the police department, fire department have become more um, active in putting things out there. And I don't know if that is, has anything to do with this, but that has been a positive, I, I think. I mean, one example is over... Uh, just kind of northeast from here, um, it's always been a a three way stop and yes. a drive through, and yeah. that changed. Yes. Well, who knew this? But they put a really big um, push on social media to let people know, they and did. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Rather than sitting there and just nailing everyone that, that <laughs> doesn't know it, I mean th- that's policing, where you're trying to create safety in the community rather right. than just nail people for breaking a law. So I, right. I I really appreciated that. And I, I think I think those pieces are where the, the pieces around communication, which is one of the pillars now, but wasn't in the past. Communications and coordination mm-hmm. is going to engage things like student perceptions and and adult perceptions, and you know the the access to the information people need to make good decisions. Um, I, I'm 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 super optimistic, and and it's uh, not in any small part. To the based on the fact that people have decided themselves some version of this, and oh by the way, it can change. You know, like these things. Hopefully, some of these things will get checked off. Many of the things, several of these things, are being worked on currently, which is exciting. Um, that the things that people are doing are also the things that matter most to people is a really good right indication. But that this is something that'll continue to grow and and extend as as Milbank evolves and grows and extends. Looking at the overview of this on the first page, yeah, um, you have the you know each each of these indicators: community economic development, leadership workforce development, schools, student life, community connection, engagement, city infrastructure, um, city and infrastructure, communications and coordination, visitors and tourism, parks, recreation and natural amenities, arts and culture, health and health care. Um, one of those has a ten beside it. One has a nine. There's an eight some sevens, fives, fours. What do those numbers represent? Yeah, so so those are individual indicators underneath each of those pillars. Okay. So those are individual items that were- Oh, so were, th- that's yep. a quantity. Yep, yep. that, is, that okay. is a quantity. Okay. And, and, but I'll, I'll tell you more than that. It also reflects the priority. So one of the, the uh, outcomes of the survey was what they perceived to be the most important of the pillars. Mm-hmm. And so we know, and I don't think it's because they are unimportant, but based on how respondents engaged the survey, arts and culture and health and healthcare were the were the bottom two survey responses. So it's actually to me a good sign that we also had fewer indicators underneath those uh, elements, right? Whereas uh, city and infrastructure, schools and student life, uh, and visitors, eco- economic tourism. economic development yep. were among the top. Mm-hmm. I'll say that visitors and tourism, I think, was middle somewhere in the middle is probably the one that's slightly overrepresented, but the reality is 
those were still uh, the priorities as it related to the indicators. But okay. to, to me, if, if we had had 10 priorities under uh, um, arts and culture when you know some small percentage of the community thought it was the most important element, it would have reflected some dissonance yeah. okay. that, that would have made me a little nervous. Yep. But yeah, those are just raw numbers of the number of indicators that exist under each of those. So the, the ones with the higher numbers, theoretically, more people had more to say about them. Is they that the more, idea? More things they thought could be okay. focused on or improved. Exactly. Yeah, that's correct. And this is strictly uh, an aggregation of the data to categorize it at this point, right? Like we don't have, um, like if you move over, and I'm looking at a graph here, um, the needs attention line. Yeah, that the, those are all in that category. Okay, everything okay. needs attention currently. Right. Yeah, so so what you see in the midst here is is you've got a, a left uh, column that says on track. Mm -hmm. This is something that someone would say is kind of a seven through ten needs attention would be a four through six and uh, unlikely to succeed within the year. Okay, is the basic measure is that one to three. What those things are going to add up to is this top kind of ranking in the top right hand corner, which currently reflects a fifty mm -hmm. because everything's right in the middle. Right. Um, what we'll be able to kind of quarter over quarter do is be able like to move measure whether it's going those. up or down, okay. right? So if if we move half of these down into unlikely, we just deprioritize 20 of them. We say we aren't going to get to that in year mm -hmm. one, and we put half in that kind of on track, it's it's going to move that overall index measure. And so like a thermometer, we're, we're able to say like, ah, oh, things are you know, marginally better overall, and they're way better over visitors mm -hmm. and tourism because right. that's where we focused. Um, or, or they're marginally down. Like, are these still our priorities or are we, um, are we focusing the attention on the wrong places? I think it just gives us another set of diag uh, diagnoses and um, diagnostics to be able to say things are going well or not so well. And is this data, like this form, this, this graph, is this yeah. going to be a fluid yeah. um, visual online? Yeah. So yeah, as, so as stuff moves around, it will be Yes, Moving absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially those people that become point people, um, my hope is that they use it as a really great mm -hmm. way to track action and activity um, and uh, and really update it because it's it's going to it's going to reflect on the, the work they're doing and allow people to see it. And I think the other side of it is things like this podcast, photographs, video, you know, the, the better we you know, one, one of the one of the pieces I think it's under communication. Yeah, it is that communication piece. Yeah, um, one one of the pieces is is really to uh, looking for it here uh, is to improve and amplify a positive community narrative through content and a coordinated community story through regional media. So this is both a public relations or media strategy, but more importantly, it's just telling the stories of the good work that's mm -hmm. happening here. You know, I think I think there is. Uh, we can look in the numbers and determine where things are as far as crime in the community, but there's no doubt in my mind, and, and the research backs it up, that if we are telling a story about crime in this community, we're going to see more crime in this community. Yeah. And if we are telling a story about this incredible podcast studio on Main Street in a community of 3,300 people, we're going to see more things like this happen. Uh, and so w that indicator, though very last on this sheet, is not the lowest in priority in fact, it may be the most important thing because if we're not telling the story of all of these other 64 things mm -hmm. in a positive, generative way, uh, we're not going to realize the full benefit. This is a great beginning to the roadmap for us, too. We're working now for this summer. We're going to be filming a mini-doc on a couple that has made in the last eight years 40,000 meatballs and delivered them. Oh, yeah. And so we're going to go out, film them, and put together their story. 
um, but they've invited us into their home to do this. It's a unique form of outreach. Oh, it's fantastic. I, yeah. It's, I didn't know about it until yes. about a month ago. Yeah. You know, that's one of those <laughs> unique stories yeah. in Millbank that it's like, oh my gosh, it just, mm-hmm. you know, your heart sings when you hear it and when you know those people and they just yeah. quietly go about their way, um, spreading good cheer with their meatballs. And, and, and loving every minute of it. And loving every minute of it. He said they it. make two dozen every other day, something like that. Sure. Constantly. Yep. It and is an outreach ministry they do. It's absolute it outreach. Is, it's huge. And I'm sure they get as much out of it probably as so, yeah. the folks that they, mm-hmm. when they knock on the door and say, yeah. what? Yep. <laughs> and that may in fact, <laughs> now I'm just a show for the <laughs> Melbank Index. <laughs> That may, in fact, <laughs> apply directly to the communications and coordination indicator it, number four. It sure seems like which it. Is, <laughs> which is establish, right. establish a, a kind of a celebration of Millbank program to spotlight community contributions and, and the spirit of working together, right? Like, yeah. That may be that some of the work that you're doing fits in that way and becomes the the focus of that pillar. And, and you know, th- th- you could sign up to be chair of that today, Craig. <laughs> We're, we're going to check that one off. Because as we go to the city council meeting tonight, we're, we have well we have on one way. done. That really is one of my passions. And so I'm yeah. really trying to figure out how to make this thing um, self-sustained. Right. And, you know, to, to do it, honestly, this program needs underwritten at some level. So we can go out and be able to spend the time to do that. I love having this paper now. Because we've talked. I mean, you sat yeah. in here a few months ago and kind of, laid out the initial findings that you yeah. had gotten and having it actually put on paper and categorized is wonderful because there are things that I know that what we're doing have no connection. Right. But there are certain things that do and yeah. there are other ways that we could probably really tie into some of these other other elements and, and help if nothing else. Good work. Well done. Good work, Bobby. Well done. <laughs> the uh, The space you guys had down there. Tell me how that went, because you um, we have an empty building that used to hold a hardware store. Certainly. Just uh, north a block from here on Main Street. Um, you were able to use the space for- We leased it for- Six months, was it? it? No, Nine we months? actually leased it for two months. I believe it oh, was okay. um, just November and December. We leased it for those months. It might have been October, November, December, I forget, but we leased it for those months so that we could host our listening posts mm-hmm. and- invited um, folks that were representational of the pillars that we'd chosen to come in and listen. That was the purpose of that. It wasn't um, so that people could come in and tell them what they were thinking, what could be improved, you know, what was going well. Um, some days we had lots of visitors. Some days we didn't have so many. That was the day the gentleman came in and saved our bacon. But, um, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> you know, it's that one person that comes in and, and tells you what you need to hear. So, so we rented it for about three months, and I believe that really was crit- a critical piece to developing the index, that visual portion of it, and being able to have some face-to-face conversations. Yeah, I think I think what it did was it was a psychological thing of saying this is important enough that we're going to make a space for it, yeah. mm-hmm. and that when people entered, and you're seeing the photo of the big boards, mm-hmm. you know, it was essentially four four by eight, so it was thirty two feet of of wall white, that was whiteboard. you know built out as a whiteboard and and. Uh, uh, w- was utilizing that way, but you came in, if you came in any time after the first week, you could see that work had already been done, right? Like you were contributing to something bigger than just the people in the room. So if there were two people or there were 40 people, you knew that you were part of mm-hmm. some, you know, a conversation that was ongoing. And I think at the same time we were running the survey. And so there was always something immediate that people could do to contribute. 
Um, and then hopefully the, the index provides some of that in an ongoing way of saying it's going to be hard in this community, especially with Bobby here, for the next several years for someone to say, I'd like to get involved, but I just don't know how. She's going to just pull, oh, here out, you go. Pull, out list, <laughs> yeah. pull out a list and say, you got 65 right. options. You know, this was kind of a similar exercise. And, and, and this type of work, I think, is done in a lot of communities. It's just not done to the depth and, and breadth that, that we did it over those those 10 or 12 weeks. Um, we created a space that I wish there had been more. I wish there had been 20 times as many people through, but the people that did come through, some of them multiple times, mm-hmm. always contributed something. You know, I didn't put down a pen during those, those sessions because mm-hmm. someone was always saying something that was like, oh, there's an idea. And there were some real... You know, big big ideas. You know, there it, were some it, tweetable moments. There were, yeah, there were. Positive shouldn't be passive. That, that was at the top of the board. Yeah. You guys mentioned uh, that one gentleman that came in who isn't from here, correct? He just yeah, he just married travels. married okay. into Millbank. Yeah. Married into Millbank. Um, other than him, give me some other highlights, if you can, from yeah. from those Wednesdays that. Yeah, it was I, open. I, I would I would throw out one that I think was was um, exciting for me, which was the idea of Give Ten, uh, mm-hmm. which kind of organically grew out of a conversation of, you know, it it, it started out from a, a place of deficit, it started out of needing volunteers, and by the end we had identified that uh, sophomores in high school in Millbank are expected to give ten hours a year to yeah. uh, uh, volunteer well, time. They're required to, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's part of the deal. And so, what if we required, or what if we encourage, encourage good. their parents, uh, uh, their parents <laughs> to give the same, mm-hmm. make the same commitment? You know, what if, what if a hundred people gave ten hours a year, or twenty, you know, two hundred people? You know, we'd have almost a full time employee in volunteer hours. You know, just that was that was one that was a breakthrough for me. It was other small things though. It was like someone came in and said there isn't a good half marathon kind of in between Minneapolis and Denver or wherever, wherever they said, or between Sioux Falls and Fargo. So like there isn't a good kind of uh, draw to the, the people that are outside of those metro areas. And it was like, well, we, we got a way to measure distance. We right. can how certainly, hard can it you know, be? like how yeah. hard can it be for us to host a half marathon? And, and the person who said it is probably passionate enough that they would be willing to shepherd it. So that didn't become a specific, like Millbank must have a mm-hmm. half marathon. It became, let's let's come up with an anchor event that can really draw people, you know, from around the region to this place. Um, and, you know, in the past that might have been train fest. In the future it might, you know, be a, a, a running event or related to craft beer or related to, you know, cheese. Who knows, who knows yeah. what it'll be related to, but the idea that we can create those things virtually out of thin air right. and uh, and draw people here. So there were, I mean, there was a moment like that almost every week. Yep. And, you know, I'll have to say, too, that there were naysayers, mm-hmm. um, people to, looking to come in and engage in an, in an opposite way and, and just through conversation about what we were trying to do, that it was fun to see that, that ship slowly um, come to a halt and the tide turn. And I think there was a lot of that. Um, and just... Um, you know, we had Mayor Rafferty down one Wednesday, and I mean, I think it's just a positive thing to have to have access to your, you know, to the people in your city who are making yeah. decisions. Um, Superintendent Graff. We had Mr. Graff there one uh, Wednesday, so that was wonderful. We had leadership of the hospital. Leadership I mean, of the yeah. hospital, and you know, I think you know that is such a positive story right now that that's possibly why there are only three indicators there that you know we're catching the healthcare at its pinnacle. Mm-hmm. But really, the whole idea is what will it look like in 10 or 20 right. years? So what can we do to make sure that we're um, underwriting health care going forward in this community? What do we need to 
to do to take care of that. So there were just a lot of great conversations and it was really inspiring to get to sit with all of those folks and hear them listen to the ideas and then just the ideas that came out of it. Q as kind of the brainchild behind the idea of this, this concept. Do you feel that at this point it did what you anticipated? I think the brainchild was collective around the table saying, Let, let's do something that, that, um, that we can have a better sense of whether what we're doing works. Like it was, I think that the, the germ of this idea was actually, gee whiz, we should probably measure the things we're doing. Yeah. Um, but but, but I, I, implementation no. wise, as far as gathering right. the info, I, I would, did I, it work? I, I would say we'll know it works. We'll know it works um, a quarter into it when we see who's signed up to actually engage. Mm -hmm. um, I think it has worked on the very basic level of, again, sitting with a half dozen chamber folks this morning and them flipping through and saying, yeah, we could do this. Mm -hmm. To your point of, I, I don't know that I would ever call it a roadmap, and yet that is exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, I had another friend I shared it with that lives in Southeast D.C., and he was like, this is the greatest to-do list I've ever seen <laughs> yeah. for a community. Like, it just, it creates, it removes a lot of, frankly, it removes a lot of excuses, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it says, you know, like, I don't know exactly how to help or how to lead or how to improve my community. We've now built that here uh, collectively, and I think that's a success in and of itself. If Millbank can decide it doesn't really matter what that census says in a, in a couple of years, but it does matter how many of these things are accomplished within the next two years, then it's a tremendous success. How does this data get out there now, though, like going forward? So I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a couple, couple different approaches. I think there's definitely, I mean, we'll sit on the radio and, and, and do a, a conversation much like this. Mm -hmm. I think this is a great pathway um, to have it be placed in the context of other stories and conversations yeah. in the community. Uh, we'll... 100% be leveraging social and digital. We're going to make sure it's all out there. You know, one of the elements on here is to streamline the websites between uh, the chamber and economic development, some yeah. of the organizations in the community. I think just getting communications tighter is important. I think it'll happen through organizations. So we did present early survey uh, responses to the Kiwanis and other groups, but I think sitting down with civic groups and city groups, with uh, businesses, uh, with, you know, uh, uh, Coffee groups. I mean, I think it, Bobby's you know next several weeks is probably a lot of telling the story of this work and just saying, how do you plug in or who do you know or what if this seems appealing or what of this do you feel like you can uh, carry the ball on? And then I think there's a whole lot of one on one, right? Like we know because we sat in the room all those weeks who some of the people are that said these things. Yeah. And so there's going to be a Keep little secret bit. Secret notes. There's going to be a little <laughs> yeah. bit of saying, yeah, like, photos. <laughs> you know, Julie, you mentioned when we talked right. about arts and culture, <laughs> like Denise, what mm -hmm. about community connection? You know, like there's going to be a little bit of, of that, of, yeah. uh, you know, just calling people and saying, Hey, the thing that you really made were the passionate list. about made the list. Everyone else agreed. Can yeah. you help us make sure it happens? Um, so I think it's, it's that balance. And, and it's just making sure that it's present, right? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things we're kind of getting through this phase of, of rollout and then it'll kind of cascade. Um, but one of the things is just to make it visible. Like, are there ways for us to uh, do updates through the various media channels of the community? But also, you know, we've got a lot of signage and, and, and you know, space in the right. community. Can we focus the entire community on one indicator, you know, in a given month? Uh, I think those things ongoing over the coming weeks, months, and, and even years are, are where it will continue to take life. Yeah. 
and we took down these boards that you see in these images, and they're going to be at the city council meeting tonight. Like we want them to see this wasn't you know done in a laboratory. This right. was done yeah. in the Sea Offer Building, right? Like this was this was built uh, with a, a bunch of sharpies, and and that to me is a, a testament to the process. I, I think it um, allows us hope in the future. You know, Hugh mentioned the article that's in the Argus Leader today that shows Mil or Grant County as a uh, 0.5% decline in population, and that's a measure of success. And, you know, I think we have to define, we have to be in charge of mm -hmm. what we define as our success. And and once we do that, I think there will be more pride in the community that says, okay, we we have a document or we have a group of, of areas where we're, we're working on that show what we believe is success. So maybe we lost a few people, but maybe, you know, there are other things that we've gained. But does that require uh, a certain amount of more regional pushback against that idea that oh you dropped in population so you're failing like th does this mean that millbank needs to kind of stand up and start saying wait a second no i think all rural communities need to stand up and start saying no and my hope is that um you know through the organizations that i belong to regionally through mm -hmm. um you know advantage south dakota and, and even goed through the state you know i think at the state level they could it would be behoove them to take a look at this that the rural communities really are the backbone of the ag community, and we need to support them. And, you know, as farmers get, as farms get larger, there are less people, but there's still those communities that are supporting them. And as long as those communities are strong and have that strong constitution, we're still going to grow and, and be strong. So, you know, regionally, I'm hoping that smaller communities will look at this and say, hey, we, we can have some of that index, um, you know, Kool-Aid that you're <laughs> drinking. So we're hoping that... Um, you know, as a group, we can tag on to this. Yeah. yeah, I will. I will say though, like it is important to acknowledge that there is a, uh, a not small. Uh, there is a significant degree of civic courage that is required to do this kind of an exercise. Just just doing the survey piece, to be willing to say, what are three negative things you've heard about oh. our community? <laughs> like when you describe us, how do you describe us when we're not standing next to you? Like. I mean, there's a certain amount of courage, but then to actually want to do something about it, because mm -hmm. listen, very few small towns will be faulted to to you know build an incubator uh, or a, a spec building or to redevelop and rezone some land and call it good, right? Nothing may change. Nothing. Like, there are there are incubator buildings that litter the landscape of the Upper Midwest because that was enough, right? right. Like then you did your job as an economic development development professional or a city. But to actually take steps in this kind of way is really aggressive. Like if Millbank, there's, there's one of these that is a established an incubator for pop-up retail and restaurants, right? Like if we find a framework to make that successful, Millbank stands alone. Mm -hmm. Like that is standing up in, in and of itself to say like we as a town of 3,000 people are going to incubate restaurants. Like I laugh. It's only on my that is on my list. It's pretty, it's pretty audacious, you know, like e even frankly, and, and I recognize where we sit in terms of school districts and everything else, but even to say that our measure of success is not our population, but is building a new elementary school that we're investing in the future. Like even, even if the numbers mm -hmm. don't back it up today, like we believe enough in this community that that's what we're going to do. That's a, that's a bold, yeah. bold gesture just by frankly taking ownership and saying, you, you can keep your measures, but uh, this is how we think success looks like. And what, what I believe is going to happen in that is I believe that the, the attention and awareness is going to follow through people seeing that the, the spunk and gutsiness of that approach, but also I think the, the funding on the other hand. Yeah. I think there are many foundations, including some that serve just this region, like the Bush Foundation, 
but for, far beyond that, that are looking for solutions in rural America. I have those conversations quite frequently. And I'll say what's happened even in the last couple months is the number of calls, well over a dozen, saying, what exactly is happening in Millbank? <laughs> like, because there's enough conversation yeah. of, of people are seeing Millbank as a community sw- swim upstream. And they're saying, what's, what's in the Kool-Aid there? Like, what exactly is happening? And I think that's only going to continue to happen. And we're going to find partners that want to see models of success in rural communities. And Millbank really can be the first. Yeah. Uh, any last thoughts you guys have before we kind of wrap this? We thank you for having us, and yeah. just so that everyone knows that w- this is a working document yeah. that you know it's gonna it's gonna morph and it's gonna grow, and we want we want participation. So um, don't think of it as static. We're gonna think of it as something that's gonna change over time. Well, thanks once again. Our pleasure. I really appreciate it. Have a good time with this. <laughs> the city council. Thank you. <laughs> you say that as you laugh. It's lovely because yeah. I. I won't be in there. I'm excited to hear how it goes, though. Okay. Once again, this is the interview from the YML Blank Podcast Studio. Thanks to Bobby Bolin and Hugh Weber for sitting here in our our little room here on Main Street. Um, oh, where will they be able to find this data on the interweb? So the the will easiest it be at place, the economic development website. Yeah, the easiest place to go will to go the economic development website or the I believe in Millbank page on Facebook. Okay. it'll get shared through the chamber and other places as well. Okay, and we'll, um, but that's we'll the quickest path. Perfect, awesome, cool. Thanks a lot, you guys. Thanks for listening. This is the interview.